Whether you were living married with children like Al Bundy, wondering what it was really like to live in the 90210 area code, or if you just had a problem trying to explain to your mom what a fresh prince was, the 1990s was an era of TV gold and where many of the stars we know today got their start. But did everyone really love Raymond? Was Kelly Kapowski possibly the hottest girl you'd ever seen to that point? Yes. Could we have known that one of the Fly Girls and a cast member from In Living Color would wind up being some of the biggest names in Hollywood and the music industry? In this fireside chat, we'll discuss some of our favorite shows from the 90s, as well as some shows we think should have taken that trip to the ER, seen George Clooney, and had the plug pulled for good. Time to reminisce and remember the golden years of television in our latest... All right, guys, in this fireside chat, we're going to talk about TV shows in the 1990s. We're going to dive into some of our favorite shows as well as some we're not too fond of. I think it'll be interesting to see how our opinions differ Mm -hmm. on these. One big thing to remember is that the 90s was pre-streaming services and the Internet wasn't near what it is today. If you didn't know, Netflix started in 1997 sending DVDs back and forth to people's houses, not what people think of it as today. There was no social media, no smartphones, and cable TV was thought of as a bit of a luxury item. I mean, I didn't get cable in my house until the late 90s, but we were definitely behind the curve on that one a little bit. Yeah. Oh, we never had cable at the house. Really? No. We actually, well, we had cable for two short years Mm -hmm. when, um... When we moved to a new house, my dad actually went out to the box and just turned the cable <laughs> on. And uh, yeah, we had it for two years. There you go. Nice. But you didn't need it because you had a veritable movie theater or a, I guess like a blockbuster video in your home. This your entire garage was, was full of VHS. Yeah. yeah, we absolutely did. My dad worked in the music and video business. And yeah. so we got a lot of those videos in. Um, a lot of really strange ones, but we, we watched them. I'll never forget the super violent one that was like cop crimes, and we watched it, and we were like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> so yeah, you had a yeah, yeah, no no reason for you to have cable. I had cable fairly early on, I I guess, but I still remember being young enough where MTV was Channel Five. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, I mean, we would have cable, but all right. So let's say even when I had cable, like in the mid nineties. You know, best you had like 35, 40 channels yeah, or whatever. That sounds and about right. A lot of the big shows weren't on cable at that point. Right. They were still on network. network TV yeah, was exactly. still the king, you know? Yep, absolutely. So we're going to focus on one or two shows each, but I'm sure we'll get into other shows that made their mark during the time as well. Anybody want to kick this thing off? I guess what we were talking about doing was a name in a show that we loved and then one that we hated. Yes. And uh, because I'm such an innately negative person, I decided to start with a show that I hate. And uh, that show is Friends. Oh, I'm sure you get some shit for that. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I know that there are undoubtedly worse shows in the 1990s and stuff like that. And yes, it certainly had its moments and its characters. But I chose Friends to dissect because unlike so many of those generic shitty sitcoms, it was actually culturally significant to the decade. When young people think of the 90s now, I imagine that they think it looked a whole lot like Friends. And in some ways it did. The baggy clothes, the overly gelled hair on the guys, the infamous Rachel haircut, the twangy soft alt-rock soundtrack. It did look and sound kind of like that if you were in your 20s and your drug consumption stopped at coffee. So let's get to it. Why does Friends suck? First of all, let's get into the characters. All right. Uh, yeah, there's and there's a lot of room there. For- yeah, there is. So Joey... Good character. Funny. I love yeah. Joey. Yeah. Joey he was, was great. He was the best character on there. Exactly. Like, Chandler. Funny. Yeah. I like Chandler. Yeah, the yeah. two of them together played very well off of each yeah, other. Yeah, absolutely. Rachel. Useless. Just like a love foil for Ross and Joey. In fact, the Rachel slash Joey relationship was entirely unnecessary and in real life would have blown up a circle of friends. Oh, 100%. Very true. Yeah, I mean, imagine you're one of your best friends. And you're like, you love your life. You're on again, off again, on again, off again. All of a sudden, your best friend's like, oh, by the way, now I'm going to pound town with the girl that you love. They're not going to be cool. And yeah, that you went out with for multiple years, broke up with, but are still in love with. Yeah, I'm taking her to pound town. And I think I remember them hooking up in France. They went to like Ross's wedding or something like that. It's- no, that was actually the... Uh, Monica and Chandler hooked up there, That's and that was the yep. it was a different area code or a different zip code, so yeah. it didn't count. All right, okay. right, exactly. And that takes us to Monica, also mostly useless. Oh yes, uh, she had some funny scenes, mostly when they did flashbacks to her as like a fat kid. Uh, <laughs> Those were very funny, right? And she provides the sort of stereotypical like, will they or won't they set up for Chandler? Like the romantic interest. Are they going to get together? Are they not going to get together? 
Then let's deal with Ross. Probably the whiniest bitch in the history of television. (laughs) Pivot! Pivot! (laughs) Pivot! I actually feel bad to some extent for David Schwimmer because, like, since Friends... I can't help but imagine that he's actually like Ross. He's the Ross character. Now, side note, he actually did extremely well on the O.J. Simpson show that he came out. He did playing Robert Kardashian. All I could think of was Ross when It's I true, saw though. Him. Exactly. Oh, yeah. he, that, for me, was the first time that he actually acted that I didn't think Ross. I uh. did for like the first five minutes of mm-hmm. it, but it quickly slipped away where yeah. no other performance for him before had done that for me. But see, I just imagine David Schwimmer. Like, literally whining to his wife for sex. Like, come on, please, please, come on, just touch it. Just touch a little bit. I love you. I'll just go get Marcel to do it. (laughs) Phoebe, the worst character in sitcom television history, in my opinion. Basically a lame, non-sequitur joke in human form. And she, like, really brings out the absurdity of the show. The evil twin the brother that showed up sort of randomly and dated his teacher. And then she decides to be the surrogate mother for their kid. And then the backstory that her mom committed suicide. And then the masseuse by day and coffee shop folk singer by night. Fuck smelly cat. That shit was never (laughs) funny. It was never funny, dude. Now, who was her brother in the show? It was actually Giovanni Rabisi. Yeah. Now, I love him him too. But again, it just didn't make it. He showed up bone and kitty from uh, that 70s show. Who's his. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then she's like, Oh, I don't approve of this. And then, like a couple episodes later, she's like, "I'll be your surrogate mother and carry your child." Give <laughs> me a fucking break. So that's like sixty-six percent of the characters either being god awful or largely useless plot devices for the most part, right? That's a pretty damning ratio. Then let's get to the theme song. Theme song is an abomination to God. <laughs> right? Seriously, I think it's like the most hated intro song ever. Magnum PI. The greatest ever, in my opinion. Okay, yeah. Uh, the intro scenes with the fountain and the umbrellas and that fucking clap, 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 clap. It's uh, just fucking horrible. It's just, I hate it, dude. And it was actually like a hit on the radio when we were kids. I vaguely remember one summer of nothing but that fucking Friends song and TLC's Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. hell on earth. Yep. Yeah, spring break that year down the strip really sucked with yeah. that blasting out of every Mustang. Yeah, oh, dude, it was everywhere, dude. And like I said, I'm not going to spend a whole bunch of time on the economics of Friends. It's been covered to death on the internet. But suffice it to say, there's no fucking way that a bunch of 20-somethings that hang out at a coffee shop all day can afford apartments in Manhattan of that size. And yes, I've heard about it. It's rent control or whatever. Fuck you. It's a stretch. <laughs> uh, like, to, like It's a total stretch just to make sense of a stupid thing. So why do you have this huge apartment? Oh, it was rent control. Oh, like, yes. Whatever, dude. Phoebe. Is a masseuse. She doesn't even have a roommate in New York. Nowadays, if you're like work on Wall Street, you still have three roommates. <laughs> so, okay. The other thing is it aged horribly, right? Like, I remember liking the show when it was on somewhat. I didn't watch it a whole bunch, but I remember my stepsister loved it. And I would watch it sometimes. And I was like, hey, you know, it's fine. I can watch it or whatever. So uh, it was a few years ago that they brought it back to streaming. And I had run out of episodes of The Office and Seinfeld to watch. So I was like, cool, I'll watch Friends. And uh, it was fucking horrible. I couldn't, like, I literally couldn't even get through, like, the first episode because it had aged so horribly. It wasn't funny. It felt like there was a live studio audience there. Sure. And even talking with my stepsister, like, the past year or two, she even had to admit that it did not age very well. Like, she still likes it, but she's like, okay, yeah, I don't know why it was as big as it was. So, you know, it, it, like I said, it just it's not timeless. It's basically like a generic 90s comedy that somehow exploded in popularity for a time. It was a cultural phenomenon. Yes. But one that was basically like the entertainment equivalent of a slap bracelet or a fidget spinner. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sure. So that's the one I hate. Now, if you guys want to talk about the ones that you hate, I'm all ears. All right. So I went with Sex in the City. OK. All right. One is because I am so far removed from anything relating to that show. It was four single women in their 30s, one in their 40s, I guess, Mm -hmm. uh, New York City. And I think their whole thing was like, we're going to have sex like men, no attachment. (laughs) That was like one of the things of the show. It's true. They talk about sex constantly. Yeah. And when I I was like 17, 18 when the show Mm -hmm. came out, I lived in the, you know, a suburban kid from Atlanta. Mm -hmm. I had zero just... 
I couldn't relate at all no, in the slightest. No. It would be weird if you all. could. It would be weird if None I of us uh, could, you know? You get home from football practice, and then you just put on some sweet sex in the city. <laughs> and a bubble bath. A, yeah, yeah, bubble bath, a glass of wine. You're like, oh, and God. And the CRT practice. TV in the bathroom. That's it. He said, those two-a-day practices are killing me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if I ever watched 10 minutes of it. Yeah. Uh, does it give me the right to say that it sucked? Well, it's just my opinion. And remember, opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one, right? You yep. just hated the premise of it. Yeah, absolutely. So it was set and filmed in New York City. And again, the show follows the lives of a group of four women, three in their mid-30s, one in their 40s, who, despite their different natures and ever-changing sex lives, remain inseparable and confide in each other. So they're a group of buddies, I guess. Yeah, yeah sure. They made it sound pretty interesting. but They have brunch and talk about the dicks they sucked. Yeah, pretty that's much. Pretty, I've I've that's, seen episodes. That's literally sort of what it is. I remember the one, the the blonde chick or whatever was talking about. She blew this dude and like how horrible his semen tasted. And uh, yeah, I watched the rest of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was hooked. Yeah, she got like some wheatgrass or something like that. It was like you drink this or whatever. It's yeah, it was just very strange. I was just like. I don't know why I'm continuing to watch this. I think I was hoping to see some of them naked or something like yeah. that. Oh, they yeah. were hot. They were yeah. definitely hot. Some of them. Well, were. Sarah Jessica Parker was hot, but back when she was in that movie, Flight of the Navigator, yeah. but pretty much from that point on, man, I, I she started to look horse people are, Yeah, people and, are very mean now. They're yeah. like, old horse face, you know, and I'm like, damn, y'all, I mean. <laughs> well, I was reading about one of the episodes where one of the chicks thought she had found the love of her life, mm -hmm. and it turns out he had a small penis, so uh, she was like, well, it's off then. Uh, and that, that's horrible. Right. Yeah. yeah. So superficial. <laughs> it is, though, when you think about it, because imagine, like, for real, imagine, like, a reverse scenario where it's a group of dudes, and they're like, yo, her vagina is huge, bro. I'm totally not marrying this chick. People would be like, that is awful. So curb your enthusiasm. They have that exact joke where, and I'll get into Larry David, uh, hint, hint. But yeah, he's talking to Jeff Green and this chick that he meets had had sex with Jeff, his buddy in the show. And she's like, eh, he was a little, and Je he meets Jeff. And he's like, yo, she said you had a little, uh, little action. He was like, uh-uh. <laughs> Huge vagina. Huge <laughs> vagina. And they came up with this motion like that. He's like, every time I run into this instance, I'm going to give you that. Oh, you man. huge vagina. Yeah. So the series had multiple continuing storylines that tackled relevant and modern social issues such as sexuality, safe sex, promiscuity, and femininity while exploring the difference between friendships and romantic relationships. So three of those four things was just sex. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess, I mean, the fucking name of the show it's is true, Sex in the yeah, City. So truth you and advertising. Know what you're into, yeah, but, yeah. And the platform that it was on was HBO. So yeah, yeah. yeah. That's when you got the good shit. They when got the about green light. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Cinemax was a little bit better. Cinemax. That yeah. was a little bit. But they had Red Shoe Diaries. Remember? Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> it was right. one step below full spice. spice. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Channel 99. It's a little bit more to the story. Line. <laughs> just a little i remember people talking about it and obviously it was a hit show and won some awards but definitely was not my fucking not thing. thing yeah not at all not at all all right buddy all right so the show that i hated the most but it had its place and i'm not going to deny this at all okay, okay was uh baywatch okay, okay. yeah <laughs> now i loved the intro reel to it i mean yeah, it was awesome i mean it had some really good actresses in it mm -hmm. i mean pamela anderson certainly yeah nicole eggert nicole eggert mm -hmm. yasmin bleeth yeah. you know what i mean these were all a-list a-list actresses yeah right no they, yeah, they were a-list good looking they were a yeah they were a-list eye candy yeah. for sure i mean nicole nicole eggert i've had a crush on her since the 80s back yeah. when she was on charleston charge yeah and she said that uh, scott bayo uh sexually assaulted her yeah she did. really yeah. yeah but then she took it back and but then she said it happened you know so i i don't really know i don't know well let's but, get, yeah we won't talk about anyways, sexual assault on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well we'll save that for our 80s TV that's it yeah. episode. but um I list Baywatch, and I mean, it came out in 1989, but it was canceled after one season. Wow, I didn't realize it really. Yeah, it was initially canceled, and then two years later, Hasselhoff came back with a couple of the producers and was like, "Hey, we want to try to use this in syndication." Yeah, and was able to secure the deal, and he, uh, he got named as an executive producer for it. Okay, and when they rebooted it, mm -hmm. it took off like wildfire. Yeah, and um, so yeah, it actually uh ran for 11 seasons, 241 episodes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I loved it for about five minutes. Yeah. That's all I needed. I've all never right? watched a full episode. You know, I've watched probably one or two episodes like back in the mm -hmm. 90s. And, yeah. you know, so I'm no real expert on it. Yeah. But I mean, the show, it revolved around the work of a team of lifeguards and their interpersonal relationships. But with the plots usually centering around dangers related to beach and other activities pertinent to California and later Hawaii, mm -hmm. which was, you know, like 
stuff that all life courts have to deal with. Yeah. You know, earthquakes, serial killers. <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, drunk fights on the beach. Yeah, that's yeah. more realistic. That's more realistic. <laughs> that's a little bit yeah. more realistic. They yeah. did deal with shark attacks. Sea and, monsters. You know, stuff like that. But I mean, it was just, I mean, it's crazy. Like some of the episodes are like literally... There's this mysterious guy out on the jetty yeah. and he falls into the water. So then the uh, chick like dives in and saves him, yeah. you know, the lifeguard. Slow-mo. And they fall in love. But or, he's a murderer. All right. And, she, <laughs> and he ends up trying to kill her. Yeah. And who comes to save the day? David Hasselhoff. You know it. That's right. Mitch is his name yeah. in the show. Mitch the bitch comes up <laughs> and saves everybody. And that's, I mean, that's how every show is. It's like Pamela Anderson is swimming underwater and discovers a fault line yeah. in California. It was soap opera for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. It's nothing but a soap opera. And I just. Uh. One of the funniest things, too, is I obviously love surfing and the, the greatest surfer of all time. Legend God of surfing is Kelly Slater. And he actually did a couple episodes of Baywatch. Nice. Because oh, nice. He was famous enough. Now, here's the deal. He was like a crossed over into regular, you know, fame mm -hmm. at this point. Mm -hmm. Like but, Tony Hawk style. Exactly. Yeah. But when he came back to the surfing world around 2000, because he retired from the tour, came back and won an award. All the surfers on the tour were ripping his ass and calling him Jimmy Slade from Baywatch. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You should have yeah. known that was coming, though. Yeah, yeah. he had to. Yeah, I've, I've watched the, the video that he was in because they're just like, you can tell they're like, go out there and like surf, dude. So he's on these like tiny wiener waves just <laughs> shredding it. And then it's all like slow-mo because this chick's like watching him like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah but his name, I think his name was Jimmy Slade. And when he won the award, they're like, Jimmy Slade, he's the man. <laughs> It's freaking awesome. Hell yeah. You know, but I mean, they also had other shows where, you know, Hasselhoff would swim into polluted waters and the whole bay was contaminated by toxic substances. And of course, who's going to bring it all to light? Hasselhoff. Of you course. Know, of course. He was the executive producer, the star, the director of his own show. It all surround, It all revolved around Hasselhoff. It's kind of got to be a little cool to be the executive producer, the writer, oh, the actor. Yeah, you yeah. your own like. He gets own to show. pick who he's gonna be with. Too, he's like, I don't know. He's like, bring me the latest edition of Hot Girl magazine. <laughs> yeah, she'll well, be I mean, on there. Shit, he was pulling like Playboy models and stuff. Oh, I yeah. mean, like to the show. Oh yeah, you know what and I mean. Probably. Yasmin Bleeth, Pamela Anderson, they all starred in Playboy, I believe, before they went to yeah. But I'm not 100 percent sure on that. So it wouldn't surprise me. Let anyway. me know in the comments if y'all can fact check that yeah. or not. But uh, my favorite was the episode where one of the female lifeguards, she is volunteering at the Malibu School for the Blind. <laughs> and she brings a bunch of blind kids out to the beach because they're going to boogie board yeah. out on the waves. This doesn't sound like a good idea. <laughs> no. I'm just saying. No, yeah, I think you're, I think you're on to something there, Randy. <laughs> so one of the kids just does not want to do it. And Hasselhoff is like, all right, cool. Don't worry about it. I'm going to give you a metal detector. You just go off and search the beach just for, for you know, treasure. And he's like, yeah, treasure. All right. A blind kid with a metal detector. I was about to say, 45 <laughs> minutes later, he's like across the street in the parking lot. And they're like, where the fuck did Jimmy go? Oh, wait, it gets better. <laughs> but disaster is about to strike. A shattered bottle thrown from a passing car has ignited a dry bush. And oh. by that has created a huge wall of fire that blows through the canyon, threatening hundreds of homes. And also the kids oh. on their hike. Ah. Yeah, and especially Charlie, who lost his sight in a fire. So, oh man, yeah. So, Charlie's want another taste of that. Where's your god now? <laughs> Where'd your eyes burn? Like I'm, they <laughs> melted. You saw in Indiana Jones when they opened up oh, that's the right, thing. That's right. Guys I forgot. Eyes melted I forgot out. That's how that works. Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> so I mean, it was just you know constant issues of that. But I mean, it was like a soap opera because yeah. I mean Hasselhoff at the end of the first season of Baywatch Hawaii. It seems that he's killed in a boat explosion in Hawaii, but at the end of the TV movie, it was only a coma, and he survived. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. so you know, I've ex I've survived a couple of explosions, not yeah. like uh, Dylan McKay's dad from. That's true. He did not. Oh, he did. R.I.P. That's right. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Luke Perry, real life, and his dad in the show. Remember his dad died in the car bomb. That's right. I mean, yep. he, he saw. Right. He almost went outside and started the car, but got distracted to come back mm -hmm. in. The old Godfather trick, That's where right. he's like, "Go start the car," and she said, "Come out here, Michael. Hurry up." <laughs> he said, "Wait a second, because they always recognize it right before it happens. Three seconds before yeah. it happens. Yeah. No." Yeah, so, but true. yeah, so that's, a, I, I choose Baywatch as my most hated show. I'm going to be honest, you maybe sort of want to watch Baywatch at this point. <laughs> about to say, yeah, I might watch one, just to see. Yeah, let's see what's up. All right, let's get on to the shows that we love then. All, All right. right. So if you've listened to our show for more than probably two episodes, you'll know that I absolutely love Seinfeld. 
I often make references to the show when we run into situations in our episodes that have some of the relevance to a Seinfeld episode. If you haven't ever watched TV or you're about 14 years old, you might not have ever watched Seinfeld. It was a show, well, about nothing. It touched on the everyday occurrences that happened in life, and the cast of characters were very real, very human, and damn funny. The writing on Seinfeld, in my opinion, is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Larry David has got to be one of the funniest people in the history of TV. Comic genius, man. man I love his writing. Oh, he was I'm not the- a fan of his acting, but I love his writing. <laughs> he was the co-creator of Seinfeld and then uh, killed it in Curb Your Enthusiasm. And together with Jerry Seinfeld, they create a legend that has been ranked as one of the top sitcoms of all time. I think it was either TV Guide or Rolling Stone had it ranked as the number two show of all time behind The Sopranos. Oh, wow. Interesting. And I can go back and forth on that one because, I mean, different shows. They're very man, different types of shows. I yeah, freaking 100%. love some Tony Soprano. It's good, God. but it's, uh, how do you even compare this? You really need to categorize them as like best comedy. Drama. Best drama. Right. How yeah. could you possibly compare The Sopranos and Seinfeld? You're going all in. You're you throwing them all in the hat on yeah. that one, I guess. You know what I mean? like, good I mean, you for very different like, reasons. You could compare it to like Breaking Bad or something like that if we were to do an Apples to Apples, but to try and compare it to Seinfeld's a little bit... It's, they're it's not odd. in the same boat, you yeah. know what I mean? So Seinfeld was set in the Upper West Side of Manhattan, and what you would see in most episodes is the general premise, but then you would intertwine different stories with the different characters that most of the time all came together. I don't want to sound pretentious, but it's pretty smart humor. You I agree. It kind of had to be course. witty. It was very witty banter between the characters, and they all played their parts really, really well. Like George played George to a yes. T. Oh, fantastically. And if you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, Larry David says that he wrote the George character based on him. Yeah, he okay. is. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Yep. Jerry Seinfeld, you know, he was co-creator of the show. Wasn't the greatest actor, and he'll probably no. admit There's to that. There's plenty of times where you see him almost at, like Lot, laugh. lose it, laugh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it still works. Yeah. I said, oh. I don't, you don't like any of the characters on an individual level, but they all sort of work. You know? But yeah. all together, yeah. they, oh, they work. For sure, for sure. So there are many talked about episodes of Seinfeld. You have the puffy shirt, the soup Nazi, the contest. But my favorite episode of all time is called The Abstinence, all right? So George's girlfriend develops mono and tells him that she can't have sex. He immediately says, with me or in general? (laughs) (laughs) So as he goes without having sex, he begins to get much smarter, right? I remember this. Oh, yeah. He learns Portuguese. He studies chemistry and calculus. One of my favorite scenes from that episode is Elaine is at the diner one night late and she turns around and sees George sitting at a table by himself with a stack of books and he's reading. She walks up to him and he holds his hand up to kind of pause her as he finished reading. He says, ha, of course, absolute zero. (laughs) (laughs) So Elaine sees him becoming smarter due to no sex. So she decides to try the same thing. It winds up having the opposite effect on her as she becomes dumber and actually starts to dress a bit like George and stumble (laughs) over her speech. One of my favorite lines of the whole show is when the doctor that Elaine was dating finally passed the medical exam to be officially become a doctor. So the doctor she was dating was Bob Odenkirk. Oh, yeah. A.K.A. Better Call Saul. Yeah. Yeah. So she walks into his apartment after he passed the test on his third attempt and she recommends that they celebrate. And he tells her, Elaine... I I don't think we should see each other anymore. I knew that after I became a doctor, I would dump whoever I was with and find someone better. That's the dream of becoming a doctor. (laughs) And the way he delivers that shit, man, it has me rolling every single time. Yeah, his comedic timing is spot on. Mm -hmm. So in that same episode, Jerry got a gig at his old middle school to do an assembly and George shows up at the end. George had planned to do all these crazy science experiments that he had been working on in his newfound knowledge, but he shows up and Jerry could tell he was back dumb George. (laughs) He thought he'd had sex with the Portuguese cleaning woman, but it wound up being that he had sex with the Portuguese waitress at the diner. He had learned Portuguese from his cleaning lady. Okay. But then, uh, yeah, in the middle of the episode, he starts speaking Portuguese to this waitress at the diner. And uh, you can tell she's kind of like, ooh, yeah, you know, look at him. Yeah, he's like, I had to calculate my odds. And I, <laughs> when am I going to get the chance to sleep with a Portuguese waitress? <laughs> so uh, this is also the episode where Kramer feels that smokers are being discriminated against. And he opens a smoking lounge in his apartment. <laughs> within, a few, <laughs> within a few days, his face has a brown tint and he looks, his quote, hideous. <laughs> he goes to his lawyer, Jackie Childs, who was definitely a knockoff of Johnny Cochran. Oh, 100%. Right? And tells me he has a case against the tobacco companies. In the end, he settles out of court with them and he has his Marlboro man in the Times Square advertisement was his settlement that he uh, he didn't talk to Jackie Childs about the settlement. He yeah. found out the next day 
post facto. And Jackie was not happy. Not in the slightest. So I could go on for days about this show. In my opinion, it is absolutely the greatest of all time. Nice. Very good show. Nice. Very good show. The so, one thing I will knock it for, the ending, the last episode. It's interesting, too, because a lot of people were upset about it. And I've watched it, and I feel like it wasn't bad. It just it should have been so much better. They had the potential to do better. So in Curb Your Enthusiasm, Larry David gets everybody together for a Seinfeld mm-hmm. reunion. And they talk about that constantly. They'll be like, you know, we can't screw this up. We screwed up the ending on the they, last yeah, one. Yeah, they, they right. acknowledge that. But I've seen worse uh, finales. It just I think they were just trying to close everything out, you know. And just, But I don't know. I didn't hate it. I know a lot of people did. I didn't particularly hate it, though. Yeah, series finales are Very always tough. touch and it's go. It's tough. You man. know what it's I mean? Tough. The last two times I've been in New York City, I've made the trip up to Tom's Restaurant. Yeah, yeah. we went. That's the three the, of us have yeah. all been yeah. up there together. Absolutely. That's the coffee shop they were in in almost every episode. It's, it's very lip- cool on the outside. Yeah. And then you go in and the food's like, eh, it's yeah. right. it doesn't look anything like the exactly. Seinfeld restaurant. It's, it was, no. it's a set. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, all, it's all Greek and Mediterranean food in there. Yeah. 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 I had the big salad, though, because that's what I ordered. Did I did the order the big salad. Yep. It was big disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, Seinfeld by far my favorite show. Okay. Very good show. All right, so for me, um, I chose The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Classic. Oh, man, it was a great show back in the 90s, mm-hmm. and, you know, I had an affinity with Will Smith. Um, you met him. I met him when That's I was, right. like, eight years old or nine years old. Uh, they did a, there's My dad worked in the music industry, and mm-hmm. so we got invited to an event that was uh, meeting him on the side of the Chattahoochee River. It's like a barbecue for his first album that no it was actually summertime okay yeah Uh, when that release came out that's when they went on that little tour and so he already had a little bit of success with um the fresh prince of Mm bel-air and all that so i mean it was really cool understand yeah Yeah. that tune won them a grammy that's right 89 uh, back in 89 yeah and or 88 89 yeah somewhere time around that and uh that album he's the dj i'm the rapper went triple platinum yeah it was huge mm-hmm. yeah it was he didn't huge. pay his taxes on it that's why he did the <laughs> fresh prince fresh prince well yeah. that's actually yeah part of it that's mm-hmm. the the story behind it is that he didn't pay his taxes he just started buying cars and motorcycles and fancy clothes and all that and then he realized that that life wasn't sustainable mm-hmm. so he was like fuck we got to make another album and they did they dropped a second album and it did horrible yeah i mean, by comparison to the first one it like sold like half a million records but Which by is bad if you're already triple platinum right on. yeah and so you know that's you know will was like you know it sucked because all of a sudden i was broke and uh being famous and broke is a shit combination because you're still famous and people recognize you but they recognize you while you're sitting next to them on the bus right right you know what i mean so it it was it was a tough position for him so he went on the advice of his girlfriend to the arsenio hall show he wasn't booked for it Mm -hmm. but he she was just like you need to go there and you're going to make some kind of connection there Mm -hmm. you know so he goes, you know, begrudgingly, and he actually meets Benny Medina. And Benny Medina is actually who wrote The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, okay. and it's loosely based on his life. Oh, huh. Uh, oh, oh <laughs> there, is a fresh, there is a Fresh Prince. There is. It's Benny Medina. Okay. And he actually was a, uh, uh, he grew up poor in East L.A. Okay. So he, it was not in West Philadelphia. No, he mm. was not born and raised in West Philadelphia, mm. but uh, East L.A. And he very befriended. Dangerous. Yeah, very dangerous. He befriended a, a rich white kid who invited him to come live with his family up in Beverly Hills. Okay. Completely changed his life. Yeah, it'll it'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how that has a way hey, of doing that for uh, you. it's so strange. I got out of the ghetto and uh, I started living with this rich uh, white family and uh, things just started working out for me. It's <laughs> coincidence? I don't know. But, Crazy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. In the meantime, it was nice talking to you, Mr. Valet. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, he meets Benny there and Benny's like, hey, man, I know you, Fresh Prince, you know, I got this idea for a show and he pitches it to him and Will's like, you know, I don't know, man, I've never acted before. Mm -hmm. I I don't know about this. He's like, no, screw that. You're coming out to Quincy Jones's house. He's having a party. I'm inviting you. Come out there. Will's like, all right, cool. So he goes out there and this is in December of 89. Mm -hmm. He gets to the party and Benny's like, all right, just read the script. Audition for it right here on the spot. We've got Quincy Jones inside and a couple of NBC execs. No pressure. No pressure. Yeah. Go do it. And like he literally like looked at the script for like 10 or 15 minutes. They cleared out the living room a little bit. Like oh, moved God. The furniture I would around. totally just panic and run out of there, dude. <laughs> yeah. But Will Smith did so good that they ended up writing out the first year contract out in the limo outside in the driveway right oh, afterwards. Nice. Wow. Yeah. So That's um, pretty cool. Very nice. That would never happen to me. That would, <laughs> it would never happen. And then three months later, they're shooting the pilot. Yeah. Like literally. And then it airs 
two yeah. months after that. So. If it wasn't for that, we wouldn't. Honestly, we would talk about Will Smith as like that weird song that we heard that one time, that one summer. One hundred percent, right? Yeah. He, I mean, he would be just like any of all those guest actors that came on to the show, like yeah. uh, Belle Biv DeVoe, Boys yeah. to Men, uh, Queen Latifah, mm-hmm. and you know, we don't really hear much from a lot of those people it's anymore. True. But I mean, Will Smith is still in the spotlight. Oh yeah, oh for Absolutely. sure. You know? He had a pair of shoes that I absolutely loved and i wanted so bad as a kid couldn't ever find them they were white and yellow and purple they might have been like la lakers type colors uh-huh. but the way man i don't know they were just the baddest shoes i remember wanting those so cool bad I could, I could never find them i had a, a price limit set on my uh <laughs> oh, yes, I remember shoes that. and uh <laughs> i'm gonna say your mom is never gonna buy those shoes even if you could find them. No. no oh man oh, but ups. yeah so um for those of you that don't know, and I mean, I'm sure almost everybody does, but I'll just, you know, surmise it real quick. Uh, the premise of the show was, I mean, spelled out in the theme song, uh, which coincidentally, Will Smith wrote and performed the song, but Quincy Jones did the music for it. Dude, and it is the catchiest tune ever. And anybody that's between the ages of, say, 20 and 40, all you have to do is say, in West Philadelphia. And I mean, people will rip the entire song all the way through. And for some reason, it's a song that people won't stop either. Like you'll get people to finish the entire song, <laughs> yeah, one hundred. And then everybody just sort of goes back to what they were doing. It's like it's like that, the only time in real life where like a musical scene actually occurs. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's it's like that song and Ducktales out of like the '80s are like the two TV songs that are. I mean, people still recite to this day. See, I when you do the Ducktales, all I can do is the do 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 do. Life is like a hurricane. <laughs> See, I don't remember any of the lyrics. I, I just remember have, the Ducktales. Never watched. Woo! I didn't have cable. I think it was on like Nickelodeon. Never got to watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah never got to watch it. But yeah, so the premise is, you know, he's shooting basketball up in Philadelphia. He's yep. a street smart kid. Takes the shot, bounces off the rim, hits the gang members that are by the basketball court as well. Mm-hmm. They rough him up. And his mom gets scared, sends him to live with his aunt and uncle out in Bel Air. Yes. Um, and that's just the premise of the story. Uncle um, Phil. Man, that's right. RIP Phil. Phil. RIP. What's crazy is that Will Smith is now older than Uncle Phil was in the very first episode. The guy that played Uncle Phil. Yep. Really? Yeah, Will Smith is older than he is now. So well, That makes me feel old. I know. Yeah. Right? And did y'all ever see the picture of Will Smith bungee jumping where he took the picture right beforehand and he looks like Uncle Phil? He does look like Uncle Phil. And that, yeah. Do you remember the other rumor that the guy who played Super Shredder on Secret of the Ooze was was actually uh, Uncle Phil? (laughs) (laughs) I had uh, my brother-in-law text me the other day and he was like, you know, you guys talk about Secret of the Ooze a lot. And I was like, I love that movie, man. I was like, he's like, extra points if you can name who played Super Shredder. And I was like, pfft. Uncle Phil did. And he was like, no, no, no. It was Kevin Nash, the wrestler. And I was like, oh, that oh. makes a lot more sense. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, my entire life, up until about two months ago, I thought Uncle Phil was super shredder. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And that's uh, there was also a big fallout between the original mom and yeah. the new and Aunt the, Viv. Aunt and Viv. Yeah, the second right. Aunt Viv. Uh, the first Aunt Viv played for the first three seasons. And then they just, I mean, without any warning, mm-hmm. there was a lot of tension on the set and off screen. And but I mean, just all of a sudden, without warning, there was a new Aunt Viv in season four. Yeah. And it was just like. All right. She was it like, so they rolled with it though. It was a, sometimes you see that in shows, and it's like that's weird. They could have picked one, that that one that was, was that looked like her though. They they picked like it was like the two stages of Michael Jackson. Like you had <laughs> her like 1970s Michael Jackson, and then like the early 90s Michael Jackson for the new Aunt Viv. Where I was like, dang, girl. <laughs> but <laughs> but <laughs> but like the original Aunt Viv was like a uh, she was like a Juilliard trained actress apparently, yes. and she was really mad. That Will Smith was getting all of the attention, but I was like, "Bitch, it's his show." Yeah, yeah like where, who do you think's carrying this yeah. right now? It's yeah. not Carlton. She's, she's still bitter about that shit. Oh, she still yeah. shows up on YouTube and is talking about, you know, it, it's let crazy. it go, girl. You don't yeah. have one hundred twenty-five years bad, ago, girl. It's just you look, you look bitter. Yeah, no one really wants that. You should just be like, "Hey, cool, man. Maybe you can get back in when they do a reunion." You know, give a shout out to Uncle Phil up in heaven. Yeah, right. Rest in peace, Uncle Phil. Yeah. The show was new, it was funny, it had great ratings, and uh, it covered some pretty tough topics for its time. Um, yeah, his dad. His dad would come back. I'm going to get into that yeah. for sure. You know, starting off, I mean, even, they were doing it from very early on. Yeah. Uh, season two, episode five, the kids all fight over gender, and they all make a bet that each pair, the boys and the girls, can do something that the opposite gender should be able to do better. P standing up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's my Go, go Hillary. Go, Hillary. <laughs> 
you know. Pee so into the, a Powerade bottle. <laughs> Actually, it would have been uh, pee into a surge bottle yeah. back then. <laughs> you got to give that level of difficulty. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, the girls build an exercise bike and the boys sew a dress. But at the end of it, they both call it a tie because both groups did pretty well. Okay. And, you know, it doesn't seem like too much nowadays, but it was a pretty progressive subject that they covered back in 1991. Yeah. You can tell by the way that they're like, what do girls do? Sew dresses. Yeah. <laughs> You can't wash these dishes as well as That's I can. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What do boys do? Put stuff together? That's right. <laughs> Make money and beat me? <laughs> so, uh, literally, the next episode, season two, episode six, uh, Will's Aunt Janice is about to marry her fiance, who's a white guy. Oh, right. snap. Yeah, and the whole family is like in an uproar yes. for starters. And uh, Will's mom refuses to attend the wedding, says that Will can't attend either. Damn. The family finally convinces her that love is more important than race and everyone attends a wedding. And, you know, it was actually a very happy scene at the end. Yeah. You know, back in the 90s, interracial marriages were not as common as they are nowadays. You think? You know? <laughs> yeah, no, you know, definitely it not. It, I mean, it seems, you know, commonplace now, but I mean, back then it was a big deal. Yeah. And, um, you know, kudos to them for tackling that topic back in 1991. Yeah, yeah. certainly. In the third season, Will's having trouble keeping up with school basketball family and his social life, and a buddy offers him some speed. Man! I love the drug episodes. Oh, yeah. Fun. It was speed pills. You know? It's always speed pills. It's always, right? yeah. Michael J. Fox and Family Ties. Yeah. Will Smith. It's always speed pills. <laughs> they yeah. never give him Xanax and just watch him asleep on the couch. <laughs> like, that's Here, that's take- what they needed to give Jesse Spano back in the 80s. <laughs> oh, that's right. Her yeah. too, another speed yep, pill. Absolutely. What is that? All the writers are on speed because they're trying to meet their deadline. They're like, they got to do drugs. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Oh, yeah. What am I doing right now? I'm doing speed. Fuck speed. <laughs> right in the script. That's good. Yeah, they definitely should have pilled the kids out and just watched them pass out. Like, yeah, huh, they're sleeping a lot lately. Said, yeah, Michael J. Fox is about to try scissor. <laughs> <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? But uh, you know, so Will, being Will, he's like, "Nah, I don't need these," and he leaves them in his locker. Unfortunately, Carlton stumbles into the locker and finds them and has no clue what they are and yeah. takes them. That's well, right. Why wouldn't you? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Random. Hey, I don't know. We'll just. It's well, like, I'll just take these pills in your locker, Will. I like to imagine the scene where he takes the pills and then he immediately reaches down and picks up some Skittles off the ground and eats <laughs> those too, because why not? You know, Taste it. the rainbow. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, he has no <laughs> ability to differentiate between things you should put in your mouth and things you shouldn't. Well, one of the things I loved about when they would go to school is Will wore his school jacket mm-hmm. inside, inside out. out. Yeah, it had the cool inside. inside yeah. yeah, it was it's dope. He was cool. <laughs> he was cool just because he wore his jacket inside That's out. right. <laughs> Carlton ends up in the hospital and, you know, the usually funny show took a break for a second to address the issue of education of drugs Mm -hmm. and the problem that high schoolers have with taking drugs as a solution to a stressful life. Mm -hmm. That's the way that they kind of pin the episode more so than just, I'm like, dare. It doesn't stop in high school. No, I mean, it's better or worse. Yeah, You you have a real rough day at work, you go home and pour some drugs in a glass and you're like, man, things are okay now. I feel like I wake up tomorrow. (laughs) So, uh, finally, season four, episode 24, Papa's got a brand new excuse. Classic. this is one of the most, in my opinion... It's the most famous episode, of, I believe, of of the Fresh Prince. And also, I mean, to me, it was one of the most impressionable moments in TV in the 90s. Will's dad shows up in Bel Air after 14 years of being gone, and Will is overjoyed. Of course, he hasn't seen his dad forever, Mm -hmm. but he soon finds out that Lou is only there for selfish reasons. Lou tries to leave, and Uncle Phil tells him he better tell Will why he's leaving. Mm -hmm. And he does, and when he does, it leaves Will heartbroken and feeling that his own dad doesn't even want him. It's probably one of the most powerful scenes in TV for me from the 90s. Right next to uh, Pamela Anderson running down the beach on Baywatch in the intro. Powerful powerful. and a whole different kind. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It, It tackled what it's like to have an absent parent, but also how amazing it is to have other figures in your life. You know, so, I mean, while they were funny a lot of the time, they still addressed a lot of the serious issues that were going on at the time, way ahead of the curve. If you're going to talk about the episode, you have to do the impression of when Will finds out. Why doesn't he want me? (laughs) Why don't he want me, man? Why? (laughs) And then he goes running into Phil's arms. Yeah, yeah, Phil gives him a big old hug. He's like, he doesn't want you. Like, I even tear up a little bit watching it. Like, it's... it's, He said, don't worry, Will. He, he don't knows that you're a loser. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I don't have a fucking choice. You have to stay here because I still want to fuck your aunt. <laughs> I always like the handshake between him and Jazzy Jeff. Yeah, it was, it was very that, simple. Don't. Yeah, Dude, that was we, awesome. 
we copied it in school a lot when because it, it, when it yeah. came out, I think I was in third or fourth grade, and so you know, it was just like that guy's cool. So immediately with me and like some fucking imagine being like a teacher then you see two fucking white eight year olds are like yeah what's up dude <laughs> yeah it's just bad dude but yeah fresh prince is great so uh i'm gonna go with uh, the show that i love uh, and still love which is the simpsons obviously a lot of people have complaints about how the show has sort of deteriorated in quality that's understandable but we're talking about 90s shows. So yeah. I'm talking about specifically The Simpsons in the 90s. And I'm not going to lie, even some episodes now can still make me laugh. But all right, so why do I love The Simpsons? Well, let's start with the characters. And this is interesting because we do have some useless, annoying main characters like friends, right? Marge is Ugh. the nagging foil to Homer. There's no way in the real world any woman would put up with Homer's bullshit. But Marge does pretty much without fail. Sure, she'll grumble and complain, but she always comes back. Thing is, it's a fucking cartoon, okay? <laughs> Which goes a long way in helping the viewer suspend disbelief. Sure, in the real world, Marge would leave Homer if he shot up their house with his new gun and she asked him to get rid of it. But also in the real world, you wouldn't have the sidekick of a TV clown trying to murder your son multiple times either. This is true. Like I said, it's a fucking cartoon. Of course. Get over it, dude. Lisa, Ugh. perhaps my most hated character on the show. She's smarmy, unfunny, and self-important. A Lisa-centric episode is most likely going to be one that I'll skip. Maggie? She doesn't say anything, so there isn't much to say about Maggie. She did shoot Mr. Burns, though. Yeah, that was a <laughs> long time before we found out what actually happened with that. That was a little disappointing. Yeah, but, you know, she almost killed a guy. Uh, Bart, great character, young hooligan who can be both rotten and kind-hearted. He's a surprisingly complex character. Remember the episode where he failed after trying like super hard at a test and he studied his heart out and then he broke down and was crying because he'd actually tried, even though the whole time he tried to pretend like he didn't care about school right. and they make it apparent that he just, he's not smart, dude. He's not going to do well in life and you feel very bad for him, dude. Yeah. Miss Krabappel was sitting there answering like, yep. what did you just say, Bart? Yep. That's the only reason And he what passed. was that? Yep. Homer, the legend. Uh <laughs> One of the great characters in TV history. The yeah. GOAT cartoon dad of all yes. time. I will say, as I've gone back and uh, watched it, what's great is my son absolutely loves The Simpsons and has been binge-watching it for months now. Oh, so nice. I'm really getting back into it, watching it with him and stuff like that. But he sees sort of through Homer. He's like, Homer's a horrible dad. <laughs> I'm like, it's true, but, you know, and he was like, no, seriously, he's very selfish. And I was like... It's 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 comic relief. He's supposed to be. He's like, if you were like that, I would leave. And I was like, <laughs> enough talking about Homer. <laughs> but okay, no so, blasphemy in this house. No, Homer is king. But okay, so like I, said, I ripped on Friends for having useless or shitty characters. So why am I giving The Simpsons a pass? Because The Simpsons made up for the weaknesses in some of their main characters by having the greatest cast of side characters in television history. We're talking Troy McClure. Comic book guy, Ned Flanders, Monty Burns, Smithers, Ralph Wiggum, Sideshow Bob, Krusty the Clown, Grandpa Sensum, Snake, yeah, <laughs> Duffman, Barney Gumble, Mo Sislak, Nelson Muntz, Jimbo, McBain, Dredrick Tatum, Otto the Bus Driver, fucking Bee Guy. I mean, the <laughs> list goes on and on and on. I Mole doubt, Man. Uh, Hans Mole Man. Yeah. My son is always like, I feel bad for Hans Mole Man. And I'm like, you're supposed to. Everything bad in life happens to Hans Mole Man. That's a joke. And then Gil, the sales guy. Oh, Gil just needs to get a sale in today. <laughs> right. I doubt there's ever been a show with as many memorable side characters in history. Seriously, name another show with so many memorable side characters that are constantly in and out that you can actually they have like catchphrases and you know them all so seinfeld would have tons of side characters but they didn't have reoccurring roles exactly yeah. i was thinking of the same yeah. thing because i was like they were always great there's a new side character that actually drove the plot in most seinfeld episodes yep. but, but they were standalone it. it was a one-off yeah. yeah and the simpsons was also very self-aware like they always poked fun of themselves if you go back and watch the episodes from the 90s they were making fun of themselves numerous times for bart selling out to butterfinger <laughs> they were making fun of like the ridiculous amounts of Simpsons merchandise that they sold and how they were just the giant sellout family. Nice. Uh, they constantly ripped on Fox, the network that aired them. <laughs> that was a trend that started turning right back in the 90s. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think they were there. I, I want to say Married with Children was also yeah. ripping a little bit on Fox, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Subtly. But uh, yeah, that was, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think that was the first time that shows could actually slight the network that they were on and not catch any kind of 
I you know, think doing the ratings like they, they were exactly yeah. when they were so big that they were just like, <laughs> I guess do whatever you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> they made fun of shit. In fact, one of the ones, the funniest ones I ever saw was one. It was a helicopter. It said Fox News. It said uh, not racist, but number one with racist. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! And then uh, the Treehouse of Horrors episodes, man, unbeatable, dude. Like those were great. Like, every year you get an extra little treat. It's three short stories. Like uh, I remember my, always looking forward to that back around Halloween. Yes. Like every year you're like, yes, yep. Treehouse of Horrors. My son's like, what's your favorite Simpsons episode, Dad? I'm like, I don't know. There's so many. I'm like, what's yours? He's like, Toaster Time Machine. He oh, loves that's the best it's one where favorite. Homer finally makes it over to like where he's rich and everything, and yeah. he's like, Hey, Marge, pass me a donut. She's <laughs> like, What's a donut? And he freaks out, <laughs> leaves that multiverse, and yeah. then all of a sudden, Marge like looks out the window, and donuts are falling from the sky, and she's like, oh, it's, it's raining, raining again. again. <laughs> <laughs> and then let's talk about the intro song. It's good. Yeah, right? it's great. It's, it's a classic song, and the different gags on every intro, right? Yep. The Bart chalkboard gag, the couch gag, it actually made you watch the intro yep. going to it, which is really cool. Yep. You know, fun fact about the intro is mm -hmm. that it would vary on time based on how long the show ran. Right. So for shorter episodes, they would have a longer intro, and longer episodes, the shorter one. Hmm. It's true. Uh, I mean, like I, said, I could go on and on forever about why The Simpsons are so incredible, but I'm just going to say that from 1991 to 1998, that's season three through nine, it's the golden age of The Simpsons, there are only two other shows that I can think of that rival The Simpsons in terms of consistency and hilarity. The Chappelle Show. Oh, yeah. And that only ran for three seasons. Yep. And the previously mentioned Seinfeld, uh, yeah. which was the antithesis to Friends and that it aged like a fine wine. It really it's just, did. It almost got better with time somehow. You know, the funny tie-in is that Chandler and Joey would always bond over watching Baywatch uh, <laughs> together. That was the one show that they always watched. And even when they didn't live together, they would call each other watch Baywatch. and watch over the over the phone. I remember as a kid, you know how we either had sidewalk chalk or just drawing at yeah. your desk? Trying to draw Bart Simpson. Yes. Yeah. So a lot of people could draw him. I, I have never been able to draw for shit. I'm mm -hmm. left-handed, a dude. I, I just, it doesn't gel. I can't. I just remember all my Bart Simpsons looked kind of like a foot, like a broken toes. ass pencil. Yeah. It was or terrible. That, it looked like Bart from the Tracy Ullman show, not from yeah, uh, Fox. Yeah, the exactly. early ones. Yeah. No, I, I could do a pretty good. I could draw a good Bart, a good Homer. Uh, but yeah, at a time when we were in, you know, middle school, dude, there was like. On a desk, there would be a Simpsons character drawing. Oh, yeah. Desk, oh, yeah. Yep. Most likely. I was going to say the other really great show that I, I should give some recognition to for consistency and greatness is The Office is also very good. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But, you know. So anyways, like I said, a lot of people like hate on The Simpsons now. It's become this thing now where everybody's like, oh, yeah, they're not good anymore. They stopped being funny years ago. Uh, and like I said, they're not as good as they were in the golden age. But, dude, respect the game. If they're an absolute first round television Hall of Fame pick if ever there were one. Yeah. Give me another show that's been on longer. Uh, Saturday Night Live. Yeah. But yeah. still, different shows, man. Yeah. There's some other show this week that just set some kind of record. Can't remember what it was. Must be a very good show. Yeah. <laughs> it's that good. <laughs> awesome. All right, dudes. Well, that's all I got. All right. Real quick, I had some honorable mentions. All right. Yeah. For the best... You know, I love the Wonder Years. Uh, yeah. That it did come out in '88 uh, and ran through '93. But goddamn, Winnie Cooper! I mean, she's a math whiz now. Oh man, she was hot back in the day. Mm -hmm. Still is. Uh, that '70s show. It's a great show. Good show. Home Improvement and X Files were. X Files was cool. Fucking hated X Files. See, did you? yes, <laughs> I cannot stand it. You guys know I hate science fiction yeah. and like <laughs> afterlife <laughs> bullshit. I couldn't fucking stand it because people our age loved it. I remember. Like going to football games in middle school, and people are like, "Oh, let's go home and watch X Files." I'm like, <laughs> "Fuck you guys, not watching that bullshit." Yeah, but then again, home. my honorable mention would I had an older sister, just a couple years older. Beverly Hills 90210 oh, uh, yeah. aired frequently <laughs> in our household. I also uh, I love Married with Children. Yeah, yeah that was, that was and a If you great watch one. it now, man, it's, it's almost like watching All in the Family. You're like, God, yeah, you that, man? <laughs> very like, dated. Jesus, yeah. yeah. But think about Al Bundy's career. Yeah. Not Ed O'Neill, not yeah, Al Bundy. No, yeah, Ed no, Ed O'Neill's fantastic. I mean, and he was a very serious actor, like Shakespearean trained. Oh, yeah. And he went oh, wow. I Al didn't know that. Oh, yeah. for he sure. Very, I think for a while he was sort of bitter about becoming Al Bundy. And luckily he saved himself with Modern Family, Man, I guess. Modern yeah. Family was a, a literally a global sensation. It was mm -hmm. the most watched show a couple years ago, like yeah. worldwide. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yep. Most yeah. syndicated show or yeah, something like that. It was loaded. 
Oh, Ed O'Neill, sure. cool dude. Yeah. All right, so a couple of the worst nominees I've got. Boy Meets World. Fucking hated that show. That was also on my list nice, as well. Nice, nice. Yes. Really? Yeah. I never watched it. I never watched a single show. I just remember Topanga. Because there's in yeah. California, there's a place called Topanga Canyon, and I was like, I guess I named her after that. Fucking weird name. Yeah. yeah. Clueless, the TV show. Never watched that show. No. I saw the movie. There's no. I didn't know there was a fucking show. Yeah. Well, it didn't have Alicia Silverstone. It well, had a I, lot of yeah. the other actresses, or actors and actresses yeah. on there, but yeah. I don't think Paul Rudd was on it. Yeah. And um, they brought in Rachel Blanchard, who was kind of looked like her, but she was a comedian actress. That's just a cash grab. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly right. And another one that almost took the number one spot for me, but uh, The Nanny. Y'all remember oh, Fran, Fran Drescher. Drescher. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that laugh, I mean, shoot me. Dude. Yeah, yeah. I never watched that show either. I don't watch a lot of it. There's a lot of shit shows out there. You know, there was one show that I never watched, but I was forced to watch a couple minutes of, was Xenu Princess Warrior. Because it would come <laughs> on. Xena. Xenu is the Scientologist. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> that stupid ass show. It would come on before the yeah. Braves game. Yeah, so all yeah. the time. Yeah, you had TBS. to sit and wait for like the last three minutes. That stupid ass show. That and Bonanza. Well, that and then after the Braves game was always Beastmaster and Beastmaster Two. <laughs> I think they showed that shit like forty times a month on TNT yeah. man, or oh, TBS. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. don't know. I can't. It's funny because you guys are talking about all these shows from the '90s, and I'm sitting here. I can't. Like all the shitty ones have faded from memory. I can't even really think of any shows. You got to go I, to Google. I, I wanted there. to say because yeah. me and my wife were talking about it. Like I loved Perfect Strangers, but I think you would that would qualify them as more as an eighty. I think show. that's eighties. Like I want to yeah. say that was like eighty seven. It came out eighty six or eighty seven. Yeah, there were some I think bangers in like the eighties, man. Like yeah, Family think, Ties, eighties. Oh, cheers, was, cheers yeah, was fantastic. unbelievable. I think we're gonna have to revisit that. Oh, we'll we'll go Silver that. Spoons. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that was Silver Spoons. Charles like, in Charge. Just a fucking porn to me as a kid. <laughs> yeah, it was. Of it was like fuck. This is kid gets. It was like Richie Rich. Yeah, on TV. Yeah, his dad. Of course. What? How does your dad make money? Oh, I'm a toy magnet, you fucking asshole. Like, been, like, I work on Wall Street, so his dad's distant and he has to do No, his dad's like really loving and cares, and he's a fucking toy executive. Yeah. Fuck you, train Rick. The house. Yeah. <laughs> he's got the train in the house. There it is. Awesome. We hope you guys enjoy this fireside chat. Tune in next week for another episode of Asshole Court. As always, if you like what we do, give us a follow on all our social media platforms at AHC Podcast. Tell your mom about us. That's right. We definitely appreciate the support. And if you're feeling froggy, leave us one of those sweet five-star reviews that people like so much. Stay safe out there. Have a great week. We'll see you next time on Asshole Court.